Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nick Frazier Podcast. I have on with me today Laura Valentine Locke. Hey. Miss Heartland, is that right? Yep, Miss Heartland. That's pretty damn cool. Thank you. What, what in the world got you into this? Oh, wow. Um, growing up, I used to love to be on stage and just, you know, entertain people, I guess you could say. I really love people and interacting. And I grew up with people always telling me, you should try for Miss America. And I was like, eh, okay. But I got older and I really started researching into what Miss America, the organization does for everyone. And I was like, dang, I'm hooked. Um, Miss America gives an incredible opportunity for young women to showcase who they are intellectually, talent-wise, and just overall, we get to choose a platform that we are raising awareness for throughout the state and then across the country. And that just hooked me. <laughs> I just, yeah. That's, it's funny you mention that because early in the 1920s, the Miss America pageant was more of a, a tourist attraction, mm-hmm. uh, basically to exploit women with swimsuits and stuff like that. It wasn't for more of the, the upper class yeah. kind of raising awareness for certain things. Elaborate on that. How do you think that's, I mean, how that's been a a plus for America, I guess. I don't know. Or plus for the the pageantry itself. Yeah, you brought that up. And that's really interesting because Miss America was, it's a beauty pageant, you know? You really looked at that outwards. But um, throughout the ages, it has really become more diverse and really celebrating women power. And it's so cool because um, now you see us without the bathing suit competition because they really wanted to hone in on what the women were trying to say. Yeah. And I mean, all these women who compete are beautiful women, but they're also very intellectual women as well. And they have a reason for being on that stage. And that is to raise, raise awareness for their platforms, whatever it may be. And your platform is? My platform is adoption and foster care advocating. I have a personal tie to that being adopted myself. And I've raised funds for over 35 families who can't afford to adopt, but need the money so wow i know it's 35 35 since i was 16 been doing that holy cow yeah all right and you're now 23 almost 24 <laughs> oh my goodness yeah. so yeah you've put a big impact on this platform just majorly i've tried you know my parents really raised me to give back to others but also that we're on this earth for a reason and the lord has called me to you know he's really compelled me just to help other abandoned children because I was so lucky to be adopted in this incredible family. You know, uh, parents that really, truly love me, that want me to do my best for the world, make it a better place, make my stamp. And, you know, I really decided you could either go two ways, be very selfish and just live for yourself or, you know, benefit other people. And that's truly, truly what has been going on in my life. You think that's a problem in today's world? A lot of people are too selfish. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. But I think that's also comes within being like insecure about yourself. There's a lot of insecurities going on with our country, especially with, you know, just in general, the, the technology industry and everything that's made a lot of people more insecure about who they are. And instead of accepting themselves for, you know, what they were born to be and everything, it's terrible. It's yeah, awful. I agree. And, you know, one thing is, is when you mention insecurities and social media platforms, I think, uh, I think social media platforms should adopt maybe one day in the world of just like shutting down mm-hmm. their apps and just actually having people 
coerce with one another and see how awkward that really is because once they realize that (laughs) i feel like those insecurities will go away eventually but it'll 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 trigger something in their brain like yo i think we need to start interacting with more people yeah i feel like your platform with adopting people obviously when you adopt somebody you have to use technology and internet and stuff like that but i feel that uh, there's an easier process to it without technology. And I feel like yeah. with those insecurities, it'll all straighten out eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's also just different because again, like we're kind of from a similar generation, but a different generation that's being brought up with all this technology. Holy cow. Like I didn't have an iPhone when I was like 12 yeah, right. <laughs> and like all these kids are having AirPods and like these, like it, it, they're incredible like items. But at the same time, like I don't think you're benefiting yeah, from it. It's really. materialistic. I know. And it's so sad because it's just, I don't know. Like my family, we don't keep our phones in our bedrooms at all. We keep them downstairs, our electronics. Like I try not to like wake up and like look at my phone right away because like I don't want to start the day with looking at social media. That's just not, it's not, not healthy. No. Yeah. It's not healthy at no, all. Not at all. So, uh, but we'll, we'll get back to the pageantry. Sorry. We got a long, a little tangent there, but, um, <laughs> Uh, so we mentioned how you got involved with the pageantry. Take us through the process. Obviously it is a long process. Yeah. You know, I'm really new at it, you know, about, uh, I think now two months ago, my friend, I had wanted to get into Miss America and I was thinking about it running for next year for 2021. And this friend of mine was like, she was a previous title holder. She won fourth runner up at state. And she was just like, I really think you should get into it now. Um, And I was like, with a week, um, let's see. You know, uh, it's a pageant, you know, you got to have a gown. You got it for Miss America. You have to have a talent. Um, You have to be prepared for private interview, on stage interview, your walk, everything. And I was like, "Eh, yeah, I guess I'll do it. Like, (laughs) why not? Like, might as well. Like, um, if you don't start now, you will never start. And right. so I thought, why not? Like, I'll get experience. And, you know, it took me by surprise. I did incredibly well. I didn't win my first uh, local pageant, but I came first runner up. I won the interview award. And that really, we really saw something. And, like, a lot of people came around me, the judges, and everybody were like, hey, you have some raw talent here. We get you with the right people. You have a shot. And I was like, okay, (laughs) like, um, I really decided that day I really wanted to do it because I realized in that moment with my private interviews and everything that this wasn't about me. This was about my platform and about who I was going to be helping all these abandoned kids all around the world. I wanted that. Yeah. And you mentioned, I mean, obviously that is just phenomenal that you have this urge of helping adoption that that's one key thing i think in this world that is just not honed in on enough yeah and i feel like that's a huge platform to raise awareness for yeah um you spoke earlier a little bit on skills that you have to have skills in this competition (laughs) please tell us your skills if you can my skills like my strengths and my weaknesses yes oh my strengths are definitely i think uh, talking. <laughs> I think communicating. I really love to interact. And a lot of people get intimidated by a private interview or the on stage question. And I do. It's kind of a little intimidating because you're publicly talking about a topic that you have no idea that 
just comes out naturally. Right. But I really have turned that kind of scared, like timid into like these butterflies of energy. And it's just like, hey, you're just having a personal conversation with these people. Yeah. Just relax. Just relax. And I mean, like, that's one skill that I think is a strength of mine. Talent is 40% of our overall score. So that's hard, but I think my performing aspect really brings something to it. I sing. So, yeah. <laughs> that should be fun to watch. Oh, yes. Thanks, <laughs> <Good job. laughs> No, yeah. It's, it's probably no big deal. You got like seven or eight big giant TV cameras and a bunch of lights flashing <laughs> on you. Yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah. I, I thrive on that. For some weird reason, the Lord has blessed me with that gift and, you know, I'm just honing in on it. There you go. Yeah. That's what you got to do in this world. You got to hone in on what your strengths are and just excel with it. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned a little bit about your skills, your weaknesses. Obviously, you mentioned that it kind of sets you apart from the other contestants. Uh, what other than your communicating skills do you think sets you apart from your contestants? Man, I think the fact is my platform is so incredibly personal to me. It's because I am one of those abandoned children that I'm trying to help. And, you know, all these girls have incredible platforms that they have really tied into and, like, they're really deeply passionate about it. And that's what's so incredible about the organization is – you go in there and you have a platform that is so personal to you. But for me, like I feel so personally Attached. responsible. Yeah, no, I, I feel personally responsible. Like that's one of my things that I always say is I am personally responsible for helping these abandoned kids, whether they're in foster care or whether I'm trying to get them adopted. It's just, it's so important to me that as I leave this earth one day that I have helped as many kids as I can get a loving, loving home. Hmm. That's just powerful. <laughs> Every time you mention it, it's just very powerful. <laughs> Thank you. I, I have a, quite a few friends, obviously you, but quite another few friends that have been adopted. And it's just crazy to see that happen in this world. I mean, I, I know we keep honing in on it, but it's just, it's a very strong message. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, the thought that somebody wants to neglect their own kid. Yeah. I mean, it's also, there are so many different circumstances that, like, it's right. so hard to really, like, pinpoint why this kid was abandoned, why that kid was abandoned. And it's, that's kind of hard. But, you know, my, I was a part of the one-child policy in China. So my mom had no other choice. Right, right. She either could have aborted me, but she chose to really risk her life to carry me full term and then give me up for adoption so that I could have a better life. And that's something that has always been so impactful to me is like, wow, you know, this woman was courageous. I was mad at her before, but now I realize that she did it out of an act of love. Mm -hmm. And so it's so hard. You hear all these different stories and it's just, you know, no one is alike. Everyone has a unique story, whether they're adopted or they've been through foster care. It's incredible. And I think that's what makes it great is that everybody has their own unique story. Yeah. Obviously with you, you've you've excelled with being adopted to this wonderful family and now you're able to use a giant platform like this yeah. and just go on through it. I know I'm kind of, you know, regurgitating a lot of things, but I'll, yeah. I'll carry on. Um, let's see. I have here uh, with this platform how the judges, you know, they judge you on things you say. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, are you at all scared? Obviously, you mentioned that you're not, you know, scared of the cameras and stuff and limelight. But are you scared for their, like, reactions? You know, that's the interesting thing. A lot of people think, and this is like a, I guess, you watch the big ones on TV and you hear a girl say something that's, I guess, Dumb. you don't find is, like, right or she didn't word it right. What the judges are looking for, and this is really important that people know this, the judges are looking for how you respond to the question. Not whether it's right or wrong. Some things, yes. But it's how you react to the question. It's how you're on stage presence to having hard questions thrown at you that you would never expect or something like that. It's how you handle yourself. It's about your stage presence. So if you go in there and confidently say yes or maybe no or you know, I don't know, but maybe this is how we can do something about it. That's all they're looking for. And there's a lot of misconception about like, oh, I don't understand why she answered that way. And it's just, it's kind of how you present yourself. If you're confident, if you know, kind of not what you're saying, but how you're going to say it. Yeah. The presentation of it. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not afraid. I've, you know, I've had some pretty tough questions in personal interviews and I try to think of a way to kind of, you know, voice my opinion because I'm not going to be someone who's not going to, I'm not going to lie about what I think, but I'm also going to be very cautious of how I say it because I don't want to segregate anyone. Exactly. So it's, it's hard. It's like a mixture. You don't want to be like formable where people are like, oh, she's just bending backwards to say something, but Mm -hmm. you also want to be respectful of those who are in there. Absolutely. And I think people that listen to this podcast before all this goes down they'll understand that <laughs> concept yeah i know that's what i was thinking i was like oh people are gonna be like oh a pageant girl on here no I, I think i think podcasting in general for this obviously your platform yeah. of the miss america uh it really helps out the background i think yeah. to not only say if judges were to listen to this but i don't think so <laughs> uh but like just to the american audience itself They'll be able to understand the background of you. Yeah. And it'll... Because, you know, when people go and watch this show on TV, they don't know a true background of a contestant. No, and, they don't. And I think from my perspective, because I hardly ever watch this. I, I think I've only watched it once or twice in my lifetime, <laughs> to be honest with you. That's uh, But I will watch it this time. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I, I think with this platform and people being able to understand backgrounds, it gives you almost an advantage. I'm not saying I'm helping you out here, but yeah, at the same no. time, it is helping your, your, you know, your platform. Yeah. What's really cool is, um, we have a lot of paperwork we send in for state or whether you're going to the overall Miss America and the judges don't like, it depends on the judge. They just read that paper and that's your first impression. Mm-hmm. So, it's like even before you step into that room, they already have an impression. And so the paperwork is so important because what those questions ask are going to dictate kind of how the interview goes and the personal interview. And so that's like, it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah. It's mind blowing. (laughs) Like it's just this whole process is mind blowing, but it's, I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. And the, the family that you get, um, I've never, I've been so blessed to be, um, surrounded by so many like-minded women in the way that we're not just doing this because it's a beauty pageant all these girls are gorgeous and they're you know but 
we're, we're kind of smart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like, we're doing something for the bettering of the world. And, you know, I've never, I could have been, I couldn't ask for a better group of girls to like be bonded with. That's really neat. Yeah. It's really neat. It's really weird because you think pageants are kind of catty. Yeah. It's a competition, but you gain a family too. You know, this pageantry and stuff, there's also public events you attend. Mm -hmm. What events have you done? Oh gosh. So my title is held in Union City, which is like three hours away. Um, But what's really cool is I don't have to go to Union City to like represent my title because I'm, I'm going for state. I can go anywhere in the state and represent. So we get an email of events that are coming up or something like that. And so I've been in a Christmas parade. I've done a charity event where we go to a special needs like prom. That was like one of my favorite things ever just because, um, as you know, like when I first met you at Oak Hill camp, I was a special needs counselor. And so like, I love working with children and just, you know, really hits home. Actually, some of the first kids that I helped get adopted were special needs kids. So that was really cool. But you also can set your own personal events. Like, for instance, right now, I actually a couple weeks ago, I was baking cookies with the um, Bethany refugee kids. And it was so, so cool. Our family is a foster family for refugee kids. So I went to their school. We made cookies. Um, I'm hopefully we're going to be doing a benefit fundraiser in sometime in the spring for two families that are adopting kids. And so it's going to be a really, really big event. I'm going to share my story and speak and we're hopefully going to have a puppy auction. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know. And all the funds go to these families who are adopting. So that's something um, I'm going to be starting to volunteer more at the Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um you know, working with kids, a lot of kids stuff, but yeah. Hey, but that's kind of what it is. You know, yeah. That's your platform. You got I, to. It is. It is. And I mean, I work at a school, so yeah, <laughs> kind of meshing it all together. You mentioned a little earlier that uh, your first little meeting was with uh, handicapped kids. Yeah. That is pretty cool because I remember first meeting you, it was... You were the special needs counselor, and I was like, man, there are a lot of special needs kids. I wonder why they're all here. And I was like, oh, they're all surrounded by you. I was like, no wonder why. That makes total sense. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, it's funny because a lot of people have asked me because all my life I've worked in schools or I've worked with special needs kids, and they're like, are you a special needs teacher? Are you going to college for that? And I said, no, I just, I love working. You know, like I love working with kids, and, you know, um, my heart has been called to work with kids so it's just kind of i guess it's a natural thing and yeah it takes a special person to work with those those kids yeah because uh when we worked at oak hill together this (laughs) past summer uh we'll go on a little story here um i have a video of it actually you do have a video uh yeah i worked with a great kid his name is ethan oh my goodness uh he was the most energetic kid i've ever been associated with I mean, I thought I had energy, but this kid was, he was over the top, but very, very sweet kid. He always said, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and, uh, you know, I miss the kid, honestly. He was just such a sweet kid. I I was like, man, I need to reach out to him, so I don't know. I'll see where I can find him, but yeah, it it was interesting. I was like, I was thinking back in my head, I was like, 
man, LV's been doing this for quite some time. Oh. God bless her. Yeah, very getting up there. <laughs> oh man, but uh, but yeah, LV and I we first met each other over at Oak Hill, and from there on we just kind of became really good friends. And this is how when I mentioned, well, not when I mentioned, but when I saw that she entered in this Miss America thing on social media, I was like, oh my goodness, this would be a great time for her to help, you know, exploit her her cause and 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 in return kind of help the brand a little bit yeah thank you so, appreciate it you're very welcome uh well on the next part of this episode uh, if you want to talk a little bit more about pageantry that we didn't touch on please go ahead I'm trying to think you know i think we kind of really summed it up i mean again like miss america the organization is great yeah i have nothing but like again you know, first time go around and I have been like, I've been received with so much love, so much community, so much encouragement from the staff, from the board members, from the other contestants, you know, we all actually, there are like maybe I think six or seven more local pageants to compete in, to enter into Miss Tennessee. Every girl goes to them. Like the title holders, we all go to them because it's just like, we all want to support each other, you know, mm -hmm. like I can't, I can't express enough how much community has been given to me with this. Like I have sisters for life. <laughs> it's so cheesy, but it's so true. It's oh, yeah. just so incredible. That is a cool community. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll move on a little bit. Uh, normally this podcast is like a mixture of sports and food. Yeah. It's, like Jarklin said, it's a legitimate organic Nashville podcast. Oh my gosh! Um, and yeah, that is the slogan we're gonna go with for quite a bit. It this Nick Fraser podcast is a legitimate organic podcast. I can't go any <laughs> further with that. But uh, but yeah, uh, we're gonna go on a little bit of sports, uh, not in the now sports, but your experience with it. Oh, obviously you've you've worked in the the realm of baseball with the Nashville sounds go yeah. a little bit on that so it was a weird kind of um coincidence so about like three years ago I guess um the Nashville sounds had a dance team like they were one of the only minor league baseball teams that have a dance team and so I had danced my whole life and I was trying out for it and during the personal interview um the lady who was interviewing me was like hey you know like you, if you want to, you can come and try out for the dance team, but I really, really think we have a better position for you. And she asked me to kind of be their like manager and like kind of be her shadow. And like, that was the most, I, I couldn't say no to it. I mean, I wanted to dance my whole life again. And, you know, putting that on my resume would have been great. But like, if I'm going to be like, Oh my goodness, like yeah. I, I was just so stunned by it. If you're going to work with sports, why would you work in that position? I, it was just so incredible. It was just such a God-given opportunity. And like I talked to my parents about it. And they're like, we think you should take it. And I was like, I think I should take it. <laughs> so, you know, I worked a year there um, really kind of learning the ins and outs of baseball. You know, actually baseball used to be like one of my least favorite sports. And I think it's because I didn't understand it as much. And like watching it on TV is so much more different than actually being there. being there in the stadium and working in it and stuff like that and getting behind the scenes and that was incredible so I came back last year they got rid of um, the dance team and they created a program called the brand ambassadors which 
was so incredible, like an incredible experience. It, um, you know, they asked me back to come for it and like kind of help and like be there. It was incredible. I, you know, like it really solidified my love for not only baseball, but just in general sports. And so I changed my minor to a double major um, in sport administration and communications. So. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> I bet that was a lot of work. Oh, yes. It's been a lot of work. <laughs> wow. Well, that's cool though. I mean, me having a very strong love for baseball and having a huge background with it growing up, it's it's cool to see the, I guess, business side of sports yes, from your perspective. It's so different and it's just so unique. And, you, you know, like each sports class that I've taken at Belmont has been even more like of a learning opportunity and like Belmont University has given me so many opportunities like oh my goodness I'm going to work in the Pro Bowl in about like three or four weeks volunteering Wow! in Orlando yeah I'm whoa that's crazy I know it's like insane because I was like I never thought I could have this opportunity like I mean like I don't know exactly what I'm doing but to even have the opportunity to go to Orlando, Florida and like work at the NFL Pro Bowl. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm, I'm low-key jealous. <laughs> I'm low-key jealous. I am too. My friend and I are like, how are we going to do this? Because <laughs> it's during our school time, but... Um, uh, yeah. You can school we can we can get some benefits out of that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can do some sort of like sports management, but at the okay. actual sport. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. We're managing these guys as meals when they gotta be somewhere. <laughs> don't worry about it. Oh yeah. man, that's funny. Yeah. But cool at the same time. It's wow. Like so many doors are opened. Yeah. And I just wow. So I, I assume that any any opportunity you have to volunteer, you're you're full throttle, aren't you? Pretty much. You know, like. Again, I've said this before, but like my parents have really raised me to give back and not like let a second of your life and your breath be wasted. Like mm-hmm. just, you know, and anyways, like doing good and like volunteering or whether it's like having an opportunity of a lifetime to work at the NFL Pro Bowl, you got to take it. You know, it makes you feel good too. It makes you feel like you're really kind of living and not only like that you're serving others in a way whether it's working at sports or you know like working at a children's home like it just it means something to me right yeah it's not just an avenue to get yourself out there no it's there's a bigger meaning behind it. there's like a component and i have to say like after like my mind changed on what like miss america was and stuff like that i find myself a lot more confident and like I like that I want to go do more stuff because it's just, it's not because I guess I want to put myself out there, but it's because like I'm doing something good and it makes me feel good. And like, if I can hit, if I can kill two birds with one stone, I'm going to do it. Exactly. Oh, we got a little guest here, huh? Yeah. It's Bear, right? Yep. That's Bear. Her dog Bear is in the, is in the podcast episode as well. Just leaving. I guess where he's bored. I don't know. I guess. I guess we gotta switch it up a little bit. I guess so. All right. So on the next part of this segment we have, it's called food time. Oh. I'm a big foodie. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you're a big foodie. Big foodie. Okay, good. Your girl can eat. Good, good, good. Um, so I ask all my guests what their favorite foods are, what their least favorite foods are, and then their best spots in like Nashville, Tennessee, whatever, uh, and your least favorites in Nashville, Tennessee. And you don't have to name 
You don't have to name the places that you don't <laughs> like. You just name name the food you had there, okay. I guess. But uh, previous guests that I've had on, Trey, Alex, uh, notable Dexter McCluster, yeah. uh, he mentioned uh, a bar and grill that was really good. He said, excuse me, he said if you get the Femi, that, uh, that'll really, really, you know, get you hot. You the know what? I mean? The Femi. What is that? It's his catchphrase. You just got to go to the bar and be like, hey, give me a Femi. <laughs> and that, they'll get you right, is what he said. Okay. So. Gotcha. I'll look at that uh, name that he put out there for the sports bar and grill, but uh, I'll give it to you after the episode. Love um, that. Trey and Alex. Alex mentioned Namas and Brentwood. That's really good. He said, oh, what did he say? He said it was good. And I said, is it worth the money? He just goes, it's good. So he didn't tell me if it was worth the money or not, but he said it's good. And there was another place, I don't know if he said like the Smiling Elephant. Oh, that is so good. Yeah? Yeah, it's on 8th. My brother and I go there all the time. He said the cashew chicken is unreal. Oh, I don't like cashews. I don't like peanuts or like really? cashews on my like, chicken. I know that's like part of the culture, but I like pad thai. I get it without the peanuts. Okay. Yeah, I, I have no clue. I've never been there. It sounds delicious. Oh, it is so good. And then Trey mentioned uh, a place in Chattanooga. Ah, it starts with a C, I think. Chumpies. Yeah, Chumpies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh, he said they got really good pizza and stuff. but That's mafiosis. You got to keep this part out of the podcast. <laughs> no, he, he mentioned mafiosis as no, well. No, mafiosa has the pizza. Chumpies has the um, best chicken tenders he's ever had. Oh, really? Yeah, he's told me that multiple times. Okay, chicken tendies. I have to remember that one. Uh, so, yeah, give me your favorite food of all time that you ever had. Oh, wow. I am, like, I really like kind of like bar food. Like, I love chicken tenders. I love pizza. I love, oh, my gosh, burgers. Burgers. Mm. I could eat a burger a day if I had the choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I really like it. Um, I love Burger Up. I just, oh, man, I can't. Burger Up is really good. They have hella good fries. Yeah. Their fries. Their season's very well. Oh, yeah. Fido also has a really good burger, too. And their fries and aioli. See, I've yet to be there. People say it's really good. Oh, it's so good. Like, we were just there maybe like a week and a half ago, and it was fire. I ate all those fries, all that burger. And it's a pretty big plate, too. Okay. I'll, I'll remember. I'll put that one on the list. Um... So you're just a simple kind of person. Yeah, I Burger, really... wings, all the above. Oh, I actually, I don't like wings. Okay. All right. That's so weird. Exclude the wings. My bad. <laughs> Chicken tenders, burgers, fries. Got oh, it. yeah. Got it. Yeah. And pizza. Can't forget the pizza. Oh, yeah. pizza. Uh, let's see. What else we got? <laughs> what else we got going on here? Um, oh, man, what's your least favorite food? I hate asking this question because like, a lot of people like a lot of things. Like Jark said, he said, I have a mature palate. Man, <laughs> okay. he's something else. He's something else. But go on. Go on. Um, it's really weird. I, I kind of don't like seafood. Really? Yeah. Like, it's weird. I say I like sushi, but that's a total lie. I only like vegetarian sushi. <laughs> so it's not really sushi if you really think about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Seafood just like. Grosses you out. I, it's, I, I think it's something about the taste. like Texture? Can, yeah. It's kind of gooey. Yeah, it's yeah. just not, um, it's just not, not my thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. The, the cold fish with like rice and whatever they got with it, yeah, yeah. I'm all right Like, it's it. so weird because like, I don't know. I just, I think it's the smell. 
Yeah. They all smell different. They all smell kind of weird. Like, I just, I just can't get into it. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, I like sushi and, and you know, raw fish to a certain degree. But, yeah. like, if it's, if it's full throttle, something that's just too, I know. like, smell, just, no. Nah, like, I think it, it has to deal with the seasoning. Like, if you season that, like, my mom makes a really good tilapia. And, like, she, like, blackens it, basically. So, mm. I, so I can't taste it. <laughs> that's uh, good that's good but if like it's very simple I do not like it yeah mm-hmm. I agree with you on that uh, let's see what else we got here um, the worst thing you've ever eaten it doesn't have to be sushi but like the worst thing you've ever eaten oh gosh I don't know like I've traveled a lot across the country but like I like their food like I don't think I've had anything like out of state that's like bad no. Um, oh, well, this is funny because it does have to deal with kind of sushi. I one time like tried to like have a refiner palate <laughs> and tried to be an adult. Uh-huh. I had like the sushi and it had a raw quail egg on it. And like, mm. I was like, oh, I hear this is good. Like, this could be good. I ate it like instant. Like, nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Grab the napkin. It, nope. Yeah. Nope. It just did not go down well. And I was like, I had to tell my parents because it was at a dinner that they brought me to. And I was like, I have to go home. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. It was just. That's gross. It is not worth No. Um, so now that the podcast is kind of growing here, um, you know, a few guests here and there, but hey, it's grown. It's, it's growing. growing, yeah. Um, we have a sub segment in the food time. It's called Tennessee Tasties. And it's now a list that it's growing, like I mentioned, they mentioned different places to eat. Yeah. What is your like top three, if you can, favorite place to eat in Tennessee and or Nashville? Ooh, Moss Tacos. Is that over on 12 South? No, Moss Tacos is actually in East Nashville. It's by, um, what's that burger place? The pharmacy. It's by the Ooh. pharmacy. Everyone loves the pharmacy. No, go to Moss Tacos. They only take cash only, but like, their tacos are fire. Their fried avocado. Ooh, I haven't had moss tacos in a while, so now I kind of want some. <laughs> I've never been. See, like, for me, when I go eat, and I mentioned this on, I think, two episodes ago with Alex and Trey, and Alex agreed. He goes, yeah, man, I think it's more of, like, the newer people that go downtown all the time. Or if they have, like, a meaning to go downtown, they'll eat somewhere, like, in that area in East yeah. Nashville and stuff. For me... I guess with this podcast, it'll grow and I'll have more meaning to go downtown and eat places like that. But for the time being, growing up in Nashville, I don't recall these places kind of on the list to go eat. Because I like half the people that have come on, I'm like, what? What, what are y'all talking about? Mas Taco, I think, has been there for quite a while. It's like a little shack. Really? It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, I've noticed that too when I, because I am not a Nashville native. Um, I've talked to a lot of people who've lived in Nashville, like basically their whole life and they haven't heard about half of the things that I've like recommended, but also those restaurants that I've mentioned are usually have been there for at least like eight or nine or 10 years, you know? And like, that just blows my mind. Yeah. I think that's, that's why a lot of Nashvillians are true Nashvillians. When they mention, when, for instance, say you mentioned it's been there like eight, nine, 10 years, people from that are real Nashvillians. From 2010 and before, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, these are the good spots to go to. And those places after 2010 and on, people are like, 
what is that? Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like 2010 was the year of separation in restaurants notoriety. Yeah. You know? And that's the funny thing, because I didn't move here until like 2015, I want to say. Yeah. 2014, maybe. And don't get me wrong, there's some really good f- places to eat out there that okay. are after, you know, the time frame that I mentioned. It's basically irrelevant. But <laughs> but I'm just saying for true Nashvilleians, people are like, oh, what is this kind yeah, of thing? I no. feel like that's a good indicator of what is what. No, for sure. I also, I really, really do like mafiosos on 12th because, yo, their ranch is fire. Really? Oh, is it like a buffalo ranch? Or? No, it's like, it's not a it's not a thick ranch. It's like a watery ranch, but it is so good. Like their pizza, their wood fire pizza is so good. Like I get, oh my gosh. Like I go there so much. Yeah. So many times. You mentioned ranch and pizza in the same sentence. I have a question for oh, you. Oh no. Okay. You don't dip it, right? You better not dip the ranch Ooh. in the pizza. I dip it. Oh. I fold it in half and I dip it. Mm. All right, folks, we're going to end the episode right now. Um, Why? You pour it? I don't put ranch on my pizza at all. Oh, my god! Are you kidding me? Well, you're, like, traditionally Italian, so I think that's, like, I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like an insult. Yeah, I agree. I mean, people do exotic pizzas, like Buffalo Ranch pizza. Mm-hmm. They'll put ranch on it or whatever. Yeah, it's cool, but, I mean, it's just, yeah. You think, putting like, if it's a Buffalo Ranch pizza, it's okay to put ranch on it, but if it's yeah. a regular pizza and you just dip it in ranch, that's not okay? Absolutely. What? No. The reason being is because pizza has that red sugo sauce that's just divine. And then your cheese and then your delicate meats of some sort of sausage. Maybe with fennel. I prefer fennel. (laughs) And then sometimes, like, I for one have just experimented with this last week or two weeks ago with putting meatballs on my pizza like i've seen that on how the, apropos for your nickname i know right yeah <laughs> my nickname is meatball for people that don't know long story on that we'll get into that another time um but yeah i've i've, I've experimented meatballs on my pizza uh, it's actually extremely good uh i don't know why i didn't do it when i was a kid but oh well besides the point yeah people put pineapple on pizza i don't like that that's nice and be like yo I'm going to take away your food card and be like, you can't ever make pizza again (laughs) or even eat it. Like if you're going to put pineapple on a pizza, you're going to get slapped. What do you think about like cauliflower crust and like gluten-free crust? Mmm. Ooh. Mmm. See, cauliflower crust, I feel like I'm all good with, but because it's low in calorie. I'm a calorie dude. I ain't going to lie. It's low calorie. It's very delicious. Um, But the gluten-free stuff... I don't want to offend anybody that's like gluten intolerant or whatever it is, but uh, I'm not going to expose anybody that mentioned this. I know them very, very well. Uh, they said, I said, uh, hey, there's, uh, we're making pizza. I was like, hey, somebody wants to have a gluten-free pizza. I'm not saying the name, but they go on to say gluten. What? What's gluten? It, <laughs> But it's a myth. It's a myth, right? I was like, I thought it was a myth, and uh, there were some choice words said after that comment, and it. And I ended up not. I ended up not doing the gluten thing, and I mean, I, I'm not a gluten person. It was for somebody else that was visiting, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, <laughs> that was an interesting time. I'm not gonna exploit the name, so yeah, I don't know about gluten. Gluten's not in my realm of, of experimenting. I mean, I probably should try it out, but. I was always told as a kid growing up, it's just a fad. That's so funny because you were such a like a health buff. 
yeah. and everything like that. And I mean, I'm kind of on you with the whole like, it's just kind of a trend, yeah. if you will. I mean, there are some people that I do believe have a gluten intolerance because it's right. not as good for them. But I don't, I don't, I don't know about the whole like fully cutting it out. Yeah, I, I agree to a certain extent. I mean, growing up as a kid, I never really excluded gluten in my diet. So I'm like, yeah. I guess I've, I'm immune to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but we're kind of getting on a tangent here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so I have my next sub-segment. It's called the Nashville Nasties. Oh. It, I know. It's a sore subject. Oh. But like, it's, not, it's a pretty gross title. I ain't gonna lie. But it, it, it's catchy. It's it's catchy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Nashville nasties. Your worst favorite place to eat, and your least favorite place to eat. Least I guess. favorite place to eat. And you don't have to say the name. Just say what you ate there if you want. You don't have to exploit their name. I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I just if not, it's okay. I'll, yeah, I'll I share. I love food, so like, I usually pick the places that I want to eat. Right. So like. I don't know. Like, usually I can find something, even if it's, like, a restaurant that I'm not particularly fond of. I usually can find something that, like, I can chow down and it would be good. Yeah. No, yeah. I only time I'm, I'm able to mention stuff on Nashville Nasties is if I have no option to go there. I'm like, <laughs> kind of forced to go there almost. So, like, uh, I was with a couple buddies of mine, and it was kind of a big group, honestly. And we're like, oh, let's go to this one place downtown on, I think it was 12 South. I ain't going to say the name. I ain't going to say the name. Why are you not going to say the name? You chicken? Because, like, if I say the name and if they were to hear, they'd be like, oh, this guy's never welcoming back here. Or maybe I just had the wrong thing there. I don't know. But, obviously, parking in 12 South is awful. That's why... Here's the thing. Is it the experience? When I mention Nashville Nasties, (laughs) I mention the whole spiel of it. Yes, 12 South is cool. Uh, It's for the new people that are in Nashville, I guess. And Jarkman agreed to it as well. And I'm going to be honest with you, me and Jarkman are on the same page here. Trey, Trey's an adopted Nashvilleian before 2010. He's, he agreed with this as well. But yeah, Moffs is good on 12 South. That's not the one I'm mentioning, though. Um, yeah, so there was a place I had this, it was like this uh, prime rib sandwich with their like aioli. It was, okay, so the bread was over toasted. It was almost burnt. And I was like, what am I eating here? It was like almost crunching brick. Oh, jeez. And the meat was like not good. I guess the seasoning wasn't good on it. I'm like, this is kind of gross. I don't want it. Okay, question. Was it on the left side or the right side? I'm trying to guess without saying it. What do you mean left side or right? Like the Like if you're driving sandwich? to downtown. Oh, oh. No, not that on the sandwich. I'm talking about on the side of the road. I mean, you never know. Maybe the grill is like... It's kind of like hotter than the yeah, other side. Hotter of the on the grill? left side or right side? Yeah, mm-hmm. I get what you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's on the right side. I think. I don't know. It depends on which way you're coming. No, in. that's why I was saying like if you're going downtown, like towards Belmont. Oh, oh, oh yeah, left side. Left, left side? side. Yeah. Does it start with an F? I can't concur. Oh my gosh! Yes, it does. I I can't say it does. There's only so many restaurants on the left side. Shut up, LB. Okay. <laughs> I ain't gonna say what it is. I don't even know if they have it there anymore, to be honest. I just remember, I just remember going there with a bunch of buddies. I think it was a prime rib sandwich. I don't know. 
But it just, it looked like it. You They're know what I mean? for their breakfast. Yeah, uh, that's what I heard. Probably should recommend doing that. But uh, yeah, no, not, not going there for a while. I'm going to be honest. That's part of my Nashville nasties. Not going to mention a name. Um, but yeah, Tennessee Tasties, your restaurant was... Oh, I have like three, man. Moss Tacos. Uh, Mafio says, and then Barcelona Wine Bar. I've heard that's good. It is straight fire because it's tapas, but the environment, the ambiance is so nice. It's really, especially for tourists, that thing is a tourist trap because it's so like eclectic and just very appealing aesthetically. Mm -hmm. Um, But on Mondays, they have half off bottle wines. Hey. <laughs> I, they have a wide variety, I assume. Yeah, like a massive wide variety, and it's also just—it's a good, good spot. I yeah. personally love it. I mean, it's only kind of like you can't really have a meal there. It's mm-hmm. not like a meal place, but it's like a—it's like a little snack. Yeah, little exactly, snacks. hors d'oeuvre kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're good. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I've tried that out. My mom's a big wine person, so is my grandma. So I'll probably take them. <laughs> it's mean, good. I—I I don't drink per se, but I'll taste something. <laughs> so if they have like wine tasting, I'll be like, all right, yeah, I'll taste yeah, it. Yeah, I'll let you sample. Yeah, I'm cool. I'll sample this, sample that, <laughs> save a little money here, save a little money there. <laughs> oh, well. uh, but yeah, so cool. Nashville Nasties, Tennessee Tasties. Um, be on the lookout on the Nick Fraser Podcast Instagram for a photo or animation of some sort of list uh, along the way. I will not tag each person that has mentioned these places. If you listen to the episode, you'll know. Uh, so yeah, I encourage you to listen to the episodes, duh. Um, in the Nashville Nasties, I'm not going to do an animation on those. That's just irrelevant. That's why it's the Nashville Nasties. You have to listen to the episode to know. So yeah, welcome to the Nick Fraser Podcast. The <laughs> only legitimate organic podcast in Nashville. How you like that? I love it. I think it's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, thanks, Dark, for that. Um... Yeah, what else we got going here? Anything else that I'm forgetting? Anything with pageantry? Anything with Nashville? Anything? I don't know. I'm trying to think. It's I just think been we, a, like a whirlwind here. I think we covered it all. Honestly, yeah. I think we did. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Nick Fraser podcast. Uh, be on the lookout for Laura Valentine Locke's uh, wonderful journey with Miss America. I bet it's just... It's overwhelming, I feel like, right? Yeah, it's overwhelming. It's a crazy, wonderful ride. But fun, yeah. Yeah. So people, be on the lookout for her. You can follow her. Uh, It's all going to be linked on Instagram at the Nick Fraser Podcast when all this comes out. Um, Yeah, just be on the lookout for it. She's on a journey with a strong message of getting kids adopted to wonderful families uh, all throughout the world, correct? Yeah, we're international and domestic. Boom. International and domestic. Can't get any better than that. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening, and see you on the next episode.